Hey guys, just want to let you know the Patreon is up. Check it out. Patreon.com slash Beer City Media Podcast for all your extra Beer City Media needs. Now on with the show. For 20 years, after the Assassins defeated the Templars in London, the city enjoyed a certain peace until the Autumn of Terror. In 1888, London is plunged into shadow and fear by a series of gruesome and unsolvable murders. The brothels of Whitechapel seem warm and safe by comparison to its streets, where prostitutes are being mutilated and left on grotesque display for the world to ogle. Jacob Fry hunts the elusive killer to bring an end to the terror of Jack the Ripper. Welcome to the Conspiracy Therapy Podcast with Ryan, Larry, Springhill, Josh, and the Luma Mommy herself, Miss April. And today is our part two of Jack the Ripper. Welcome to the Shoop Kitchen Studio. It's yours truly, Red Dead 2019, with the skeptic, the mom, and the beard getting down on some part two, Jack the Ripper. And today's episode primarily is going to focus on the suspects. And we got a lot of suspects to cover, so we're going to pretty much jump right into it. And, and then after the break, we'll cover a little bit more, some current events, and specifically the segments you know and love. How are you guys feeling this week? Great. Great. Like Tony the Tiger, great. Not quite. More like a. (laughs) 
He's got like four less R's in his great. Yeah, there's like a two. Two R's, <laughs> not five. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's been a long week. I'm tired. Like we started the week off podcasting because mm-hmm. we did, an, we did a, another show, Patreon exclusive. Yep. And we did Potty Slam? Yep. A couple Potty Slams. Yep. Oh, shit. Am I unve- I'm showing the curtain, like <laughs> unveiling the curtain. <laughs> Mind blown. Uh, anyway, so, all right. How are you, Larry? Ah, I'm well rested after my vacation. That's true. This actually, this is an important episode <laughs> because you're back. Because it's, if I was trying to do the math, I did 150 of these, and then there was before that, like 60 or seven, like, no, it should be about 40 Ephesus mm-hmm. and about 30 Beer City Media or Beer City Spaceships. Yeah. And all the potty slams. Without a break. So, With no break. Mm-hmm. If I ever do that again, <laughs> I will murder somebody. <laughs> Jack the Ripper stuff. <laughs> oh, oh wow. boy. Good to know. You're going to rip out my uterus. <laughs> and uh, that will suck. All right. The so- worst part last week was like there was just this ovary that may have been just knocked out. Like, <laughs> like we, could, we couldn't figure out what happened to this random ovary that was found on the street. And I was like, that's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so <laughs> yeah, so we're back, we're back, ready to go, break done, mm-hmm. full speed ahead. All the stuff you come to love and enjoy of a beer city media show. So dead people and making fun of them. Yes, that's, <laughs> that's kind I of mean, a calling card yeah. at this point. <laughs> Is it a badge of honor though? It's a badge. It's a badge. Maybe a little bit of rust in the like the tips I mean, of it. I guess the main ingredients it's of a it, rusty sheriff's badge. Yes. Ah, yes. <laughs> the main ingredients of our show. Is that a sex move? I don't. I don't. The rusty, the rusty sheriff's, sheriff's badge. badge. I think that's an. I think it's just a bubble, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's what presses up against Josh's sweatpants, and <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> After Man. a hard night of binging Taco Bell and tequila, they're popping a testy out. <laughs> I like the term of binge eating to me is just great. Like, because we use that for shows too. For sure, it's just yeah. Like, what do you do? You, I, I went through a whole season. I of went Taco through. Bell. I went through one through seven on the menu. Oh God! <laughs> I think that's what it means. Ooh, uh, oh. I took on the dollar menu and the Oof. dollar menu one. Uh, yeah. I, like my stomach hurts thinking about that. Yep. Well, Joshua. That's just not the way to go. The Euro- truth corner. European tacos are a lot easier on the stomach. Binge drinking is a thing, too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> truth corner. Let's pull the Thunderbird to the side of the road. Because your man, your boy, I got a question for you. Now, there we are. Turn around. <laughs> I had kids. to find the brakes. Kids. <laughs> Do you get them all in one shot? Yeah. <laughs> is it like one Obviously, smooth slap. Obviously, we don't hit our kids. <laughs> no, but we're we were raised. Pe- but a, we were raised back we when were, it was okay yeah. to hit your kids. <laughs> when you, could, you could basically do stand up about how funny it was that you beat the hell out of your whatever kids with a whip. whatever was not bolted into the ground was used. Pretty mm-hmm. much. What was the worst thing you guys were spanked with? Oh, you God. know what? That's the question. That is because Jack the Ripper question. tortured his victims. <laughs> What's the worst punishment I, your parents ever gave you? If you can get, yeah, uh, 
I got a couple I can think of right off the top of my head. This is going to result into a phone call. I can already tell. (laughs) Okay, I'll start. I have one. My dad, who never hit me, honestly Mm. never did. That's good. That's, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because he's, he was. Maybe if he did, you'd show up on time. I don't know, but. (laughs) Funny enough, it has to do with time. (laughs) Of course it does. This may be psychologically. I know, right? (laughs) It's going to explain so much. Now I show up. Fuck showing up on time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Screw you, dad. (laughs) So anyway, I was in the parking lot. Of the apartment complex that we lived in. Mm-hmm. And he said, I want you upstairs in bed by 11. I'll give you some leeway. Mm, 11.30 starts. <laughs> I'm making out with my girlfriend in the car. <laughs> and slowly it becomes 11.45. Leeway Maybe is Maybe just gone. about midnight. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm thinking, Bye-bye, my dumb dad went to sleep. I can sit out here and I can, <laughs> I can get my knob toyed with or whatever (laughs) (laughs) well my dad being this huge bulky strong man all of a sudden out of the corner of my eye i see him like go from the top (laughs) because we're on the third floor i could see the light in the hall i could see him go from the top floor to the bottom in like two seconds (laughs) and i was like gotta go (laughs) because i knew he was pissed and literally (laughs) i was 17 this man picked me up by the back of my neck oh, and God. carried like a me up three flights of <laughs> like stairs. A, like a mama kitten to a <laughs> mama cat to a kitten. Yeah. <laughs> like, right, like my feet were like oh. just hanging off the ground. I'm like, I'm just a widow boy. I did a bad thing. <laughs> like he caught me like, I don't know, stapling the cat to the wall or something horrendous. <laughs> I just felt like I, I was just this horrible problem child all of a sudden. <laughs> Meanwhile, the girlfriend's looking on like, oh, he has no balls. Hey, what's your dad up to? <laughs> Can I get his number? He was single at the time. Yeah. So she, he, or he carried me all the way up those flight of stairs <laughs> and then pushed me like forward like, you dumb, you know, fuck. Yeah. He didn't say, he didn't swear, but he was pissed. Like it's just the I and I get it now as a parent because mm-hmm. the, the whole idea was just like I can do what I want. Mm-hmm. I'm seven. You tested. You were yep. testing it. Yeah, and he's just like, I don't ask for much. You fucking <laughs> soon to be town drunk. <laughs> I want you in your bed night nights, and all of a sudden you just push the limit. No wonder you're fucking failing every math class you've ever took. You can't add. You can't read. You can't tell the time. <laughs> anyway, so Aww. my dad did that, and I think the worst. My mom, my di- my mom totally hand slapped me one time as a. Kid. I was really bad though. You were asking. Like, I got it, caught though, you? stealing. You were being mouthy. I, I got caught stealing Ooh. baseball our basketball cards. Terrible. She was mad. Yeah, I would be too. How old were you? Um, I, I think I was fifth, old enough to know better. <laughs> fifth, fifth grade. Okay. Yeah, old enough to know yeah, better. Old enough to know better. Shame, but I wanted all the basketball cards. He wanted Larry Bird. I did. I wanted Larry Bird. Anybody have any punishment? Like, or maybe if if you don't want to say your parents, maybe you can say like the worst. Uh, I got grounded from my bed. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how? I didn't. I had things under my bed. I didn't realize that was a, not allowed. <laughs> So I had to take the mattress, the box spring, and the frame apart, put it up in the garage, and I 
for three months, I slept <laughs> on the floor. Oh, geez. Wow. How old were you? 16. Okay. All right. Yeah. 17. But you guys are in for a handful when your boys are 16, 17. Yeah, You're like, jokes on you guys. I like prepared. sleeping on the floor. You're right. I definitely had soap in my mouth. Mm. Like I lost count of how many times I had soap in my mouth because I was a I was a sassy back sasser really? to my poor <laughs> to my poor parents. Like my favorite is my mom told me I was like I couldn't have been more than three, and I was sitting. We had one of those um like laundry chutes that is just like a hole in the floor of a cupboard, mm-hmm. and it goes to the basement. And I was sitting on the edge of it with my legs dangling down. My mom looked at me and said, that's really dangerous. You know, don't just please be careful. And I said, I'm going to jump down. And she goes, why would you do that? I said, because it'd make you feel bad. Three years old. And I was that level of sass. I just, for some reason, I just imagined like the intelligent gremlin, like sitting there with the glasses looking up like. We just want a mm-hmm. civilization, or and you know, like was- you're just being all like, "Hey, this is our, we thought this was a three year old girl," and she's like, "I just want to play mental head games with you." Yeah, it's the grandma with the curlers and the lipstick. Hey, yeah. Honestly, <laughs> the worst part. Ryan's the 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 grandma that got rum dumped on him. Yep, that's how he reproduced. <laughs> bort bort. Yep, I, I did um have wooden spoon to bear ass cheek. Oh yeah, many a oh, time yeah. from my dad. That was boy, you never forget that feeling of like wood wood splintering that he broke a, a wooden yes. spoon over my yes, ass it's once. Good to have the man who's supposed to protect you hurt you. Yeah, I, well, that explains a lot about how fucked yeah, up I am in the head. Too. So <laughs> <laughs> I lost count how many times I had soap in my mouth, but I also lost count how many times I was. That surprises me not at all. It got to the point where, I mean, throughout my young adolescence, I would be spanked with a belt. And the thing that I didn't let on because I would, it got to a point where I was so used to it that I just would like fake cry. He had belt calluses on his ass. He didn't even feel it anymore. Ass callus. Well, there was one time I felt like being particularly cocky about it. And he did it. And I was like, ha ha. I laughed about it, and that was probably the worst idea because then they got out the wooden cutting board, and I was spanked with that. They oh. just walk out of the room, and the fucking Cenobites walk in. <laughs> we have so much to show you, dude. I, Sorry, Josh, you open Pandora's box yeah. now. Yeah, that was a mistake. Yeah. Uh, so I was spanked with a wooden cutting board. You might as well said, "Thank you, Sam. May I have another?" <laughs> Pretty much. And then there was another time where I I was I got really cocky about something else. I was really cocky, especially when it came to video games. Um, I, my dad and I would play Street Fighter, and I would always like kick everyone's ass in it. And I would, oh, I would, you can. I would, I would gloat. And one time, my dad, I because I, I did a thing, a victory dance. He stood up, unplugged everything from the Super Nintendo, opened the front door, and chucked it out into the snow. <laughs> Oh Win gracefully, my young grasshopper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's when I learned what it meant to be a 
online gamer. All right, you let's real fight now. <laughs> no, that, that was when Josh learned a lesson in humility. And you know what the most beautiful part of that story is? He's we forgotten were, that lesson. We, yeah, right. Oh, oh no. no. The lesson has finally come it's full come full circle. circle. We were playing uh, Mario Party with Garrett and Garrett's being such a dick because he was just he was so far ahead of everyone else. He had like six stars and the rest of us had none. Yeah, he kept getting like the hidden blocks and stuff. And meanwhile, I keep getting the worst roles and he was showboating. <laughs> like you little <laughs> asshole. Did you think about it for a second? Oh, I well, plugging everything and just and, taking it away at least. Yeah. Well, that's my switch. I don't want to. <laughs> well, I'm not saying throw it away, but well, know. no, I did tell him. I'm like, you know, when I was your age, I was an asshole too, <laughs> or a rusty sheriff's badge. That too. <laughs> um, Full circle. You know, I mentioned the Hellraiser thing, and the, I have this minor side tangent. Now I know we're talking again about something disgusting and crazy, but I had this idea today. Oh boy, I'm maybe maybe this is the wrong time. Okay. No, I'm here for it. What are we? Larry's ready for you. Okay. See, it was a series idea. Okay. okay. A TV series idea. <laughs> okay. What's the name of the town that Michael Myers Haddonfield, right? Yeah. And in all the, okay. <laughs> so, and all the Michael, the Halloween movies, right? A ton oh, of I thought we were talking get, the comedian. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> A ton of cops get killed. So I was like, what if they made a TV show that was like Castle Rock, but it was called like Haddonfield Police Department. Mm-hmm. And like, but every week they were dealing with a different like um, A-list or B-list or C-list movie monster. That would be really cool. I'm sorry. I just had to say it. Can we bring Cop Rock back into it too? Yeah. Do you remember that Cop Rock? What's Cop Rock? When they decided they were, <laughs> was it Jerry Bruckheimer? Oh. Did a, did a um, it was like a cop opera oh my where they would, God. they would sing musicals while solving crimes. <laughs> a copra? Well, we it crashed and burned so hard. Oh, really? Maybe that's a, Maybe, that, that's why I'm don't listen to me. <laughs> I just figured I'd throw End it of in the, the show. ether, but it was just like coming yeah. soon. Conspiracy therapy, the musical <laughs> episode 200. We sing the whole thing. Oh my God. Oh my God. Maybe we should. That would be so no, we would, no, we would make it four minutes idea. in and it would just be such a clusterfuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe it'd be the first thing we have to script. I don't know. It'd be fun though. <laughs> <laughs> like we're going to script. <laughs> Are you on meth? Oh, the thunderbird to the side of the road. Ah, we hit a deer. Truth corner, truth corner, everybody, truth corner. Just like, like a bunch of chimney sweeps mm-hmm. dancing, like Mary Poppins <laughs> style. Oh, 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 oh. Were you playing the pretty young thing? No, that was that was April laughing. Oh, oh, right, right, right. Also a pretty lady. Okay. Thanks for leaving out the young part. That makes me feel. Oh, really you hit thirty, you hit, so you don't. I know I don't qualify as young anymore. I've, I've officially hit that new bracket when they ask for like age range. Mm-hmm. I'm no longer like twenty three to twenty nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I'm at the no. age range. They don't care about me anymore. <laughs> it's just forty plus. It's just, yeah, they're like you're <laughs> just throw. It says throw it away if you're my yeah. age. Just throw the pamphlet away. Yep. We don't need this information. You're like, do you need to see my? ID? They still send it pamphlet. That's how they know I'm that old. 
you, you know you're online. Mm-hmm. You know you're old when you're doing a th- something online and ask for your age, and you have to scroll. scroll. <laughs> scroll, Dude, scroll I roll. I scroll, scroll that thing like it's a freaking wheel of fortune. <laughs> <laughs> Nineteen eighty two. Damn, it should just roll a second time. That's the worst part is when you like you just hit it really fast and you're like, okay, I should be there. Uh, oh, damn it! Nineteen ninety four. What the hell? <laughs> Close enough. I graduated that year. <laughs> oh lord. <laughs> I got. You scroll down North far Girl. enough and it just says, "Okay, we get it." Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> How's Judas doing? Okay, so. Police suspects. Now, there's two categories for this. We have police suspects, and then we have like the wild crack pot ones. And I'll just mm-hmm. get one off the che- off my chest right away. The wild crack pot ones. H.H. Holmes, supposedly. Now, let's think about this. The whole concept behind this is that basically, so with with H.H. Holmes, we got the Chicago Fair that is synced. It does sync up relatively with the time, but that right. also means he has to be in two countries at the mm-hmm. same time. That means he's got to take a boat, which takes how long to get over? Yeah. Right. It just, to me, yeah, that's a, Plus, I like it for its craziness, but it just doesn't seem to add There up. are some details I'll bring up later, but basically, to me, it just sounds nuts that he would somehow maintain a murder hotel slash pharmacy uh, with shops. But on my vacations, I, I, I like to murder <laughs> over in the Alps. And write ant, anti-Jewish stuff on walls and then... Well, I'm a busy man. Take <laughs> organs, which he didn't ever do. You know, that's a vacation. When thing. I'm on that's, vacation... All bets are off. <laughs> all bets are, the handcuffs are off when I'm on vacation. I thought I'd try removing. You know, some people, you know, they just don't have a diet when they go on vacation. Oh, he removes organs when he's on vacation. Makes sense. I can respect that. Yeah. Indeed. He doesn't travel with skeletons down his pants, so he's got (laughs) to. No, he doesn't even. He doesn't even travel with underwear in his pants. (laughs) We found that out last week. (laughs) Barely keeps a ball in his pants. For real. What did you say? Oh my God! There's a bald chicken in this room. It's a perfect description of a nutsack. Yes, that or extra elbow skin. There's Mm -hmm. nothing glamorous about balls. No, the entire thing is really not the penis too. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's like, why is there a finger there? (laughs) No, what is is that a mushroom? What is? I think it was morale season. I mean, honestly, no offense to anybody who is attracted to a penis, but I get that. Like, it's like I don't think it's the actual visual. Yeah. Like, why can't it do something more? Yeah, like, I think it does plenty. I mean, it does more than a vagina. I mean, what do you want it to do? Wash your windows? You can dress it up. I mean, <laughs> yes, I would like it to wash my windows. You can have it have like a basically like an H. H. Holmes aristocratic like mustache, like a top, on top hat, and a monocle, and a top hat nice. and a monocle, <laughs> or little googly eyes on yep. the on the tip. Well, on a hot day, what it could be a fan. That's true. If you yes. like the helicopter, yeah. stinky fan. Ooh. Oh God, that would be sticky. <laughs> Gonna be honest with you. Between running and then the work sweats, the running sweats are worse because mm. when you th- those are like, uh, I know it's it's like clammy, like workout sweats. It's like salty. Clammy. I never understand when people those, are but like, yeah. when people are like, oh, workout <laughs> sex is the best. I'm like, mm. really? 
you mm. spray yourself down with divorced dad X body spray real quick yes. and then jump into it or ah, my favorite flavor kids every other weekend <laughs> that's right did you say flavor yeah yeah that's cool scent I meant <laughs> I was gonna say are you drinking it no, it's, you're doing it wrong let's in ode of, to my stepmother what we'd call f- sense flavors <laughs> it's like the, the, the X mouthwash <laughs> I love the fact. I'm surprised it hasn't come out yet. They have every fucking thing else. Deodorant, hair. It'd be like hair gel. Bear taint. Bear taint. (laughs) (laughs) The new axe body. It's always like an animal and a body part. (laughs) They just spin a wheel. Yeah, it does sound a lot like horse racing names. (laughs) Squirrely. I feel like axe mouthwash is going to be like the basic principle of it is going to be like, this will help take the scent of camel lights off your breath. This will take the puss out of your mouth. She <laughs> says she doesn't smoke and you got to hide it. Here's your mouthwash, bro. Tastes less like your aunt's kisses. Axe <laughs> uh. mouthwash is just mad dog 2020. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't worry, bro. You can drink this too. <laughs> now a new lighter fluid flavor. <laughs> Indeed. Yep. Montague. <laughs> We're only 30 minutes in. We haven't talked to anything. John Druitt is our first Drew what? suspect. Ooh. That's right. Born you know in- he's mean serious business when he accents the wrong syllable. Suspect. <laughs> Accent. <laughs> We're well, in deep, people. We are. We're committed. Keep the hands it's a part and arms two. inside the cart. It's a part right. two. These are our fans. <sighs> You so, hung in for the first one. Yeah. Don't there's why would you bail now? Exactly. I You're say stuck. the same thing, and I listen to all parts of episodes. So it's like, like showing up for the appetizer and then leaving before the main course. Indeed. Druitt was a barrister who also worked as an assistant schoolmaster in Blackheath, London. Now, the basic idea of this, I think, when we're, we're done, is I'm gonna ask you guys who you think of all these suspects mm-hmm. is the most likely. Um now obviously no one was guilty until proven that 100% guilt, but... It's a little late in the game now. Yeah, They they don't... They have DNA, and we'll get into that. Druitt was named as a Ripper suspect by Assistant Chief Constable Sir Melville McNaughton. When his decomposed body was found in the Thames on December 31st, 1888, the cause of his death being a suicide drowning because Druitt's suicide took place just weeks after the slaying of Mary Jane Kelly on November 9th, 1888. In the investigation, McNaughton incorrectly, incorrectly listed uh, Druitt as a 41-year-old doctor, hence lessening suspicions when it was realized he was, in fact, a 31-year-old barrister. So they said he was a doctor, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of the suspicion says, well, he removed organs. He would have to know what they look like and, mm-hmm. it, you know, and how to get there. Exactly. Unless it was an accident, but the way it was done, it was like pretty precise. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm just saying like, but if he's a bear, I'm saying it makes it in the, I understand what you're saying. Cause my thing is, okay. They don't have YouTube back then but there are books what if it's somebody you don't have to be a doctor and like you could have been interested in medical science i I know what you're saying but i mean Mm. if he they wouldn't even if he had had access to medic we'll get into it more because i he'll come up again later 
Um, before his suicide, he was released from his duty as assistant schoolmaster. Some modern authors believe that Druitt may have been a homosexual. Okay. Maybe maybe that's enough to push somebody nice back then to, to say, say you're a homosexual man and you can't be out about it or even like it's super secretive. And then but you hate women. I don't know. I mean, there's, I'm just throwing up some old time. I don't think that homosexuals go out of their way to do that sort of thing. I'm just no. saying like during a, a I mean, pre- more oppressive time. We would have seen a lot of people laid to waste in the 70s I mean, and Rome, 60s. It, sure. homosexuality has been around since the beginning of time mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. be a lot of dead penguins yeah right <laughs> a lot of de- all the spiders would just suddenly die excellent excellent <laughs> just like- oh my goodness yesterday Aaron brought up one of my shirts from the basement oh no I went to grab it and there was a motherfucking spider the size of a nope. half dollar burn the shirt I was like burn the house. we gotta we gotta sell the house now <laughs> yep Cause she went to you. Just sell it to the spiders that live there. She looked at me, and I'm like, I ain't taking care of that. <laughs> just brought it up. You take care of yep, it. Yep, absolutely. So she went with the fly swatter, missed. Oh god! And then the thing ran off somewhere. Oh good! So now it's and watching deeper while- into my work clothes. Now it's watching you while you sleep and waiting mm-hmm. for when you snore well, with your mouth open. Did eventually find it, knocked it to the ground, and she just kind of stared at it like, hmm, I ain't doing with this either. <laughs> Wonderful. So they eventually <laughs> smashed it, but. Um, Montague drew it. Our friend, our our barrister here. He was known that it was known that his mother and grandmother both suffered from mental illness. Thus, he may have been dismissed due to fear of hereditary mental health problem problems. Like uh, maybe that added up to a suicide too. Mm-hmm. Druitt was in Dorset playing cricket on September 1st, 1888, the day following the first of the canonical five murders. Druitt's home in Kent was also miles away from Whitechapel on the other side of the Thames. Most Ripper experts agree that the killer had to be local to Whitechapel. Now, Inspector Frederick Aberlane was believed to dismiss Druitt as a serious suspect due to the lack of substantial evidence. Next one. Sir Warrant, Sir, Sir, Sir Warrant of Cherry Pie. Yes. <laughs> uh, Sir Warrant of Cherry Pie. Love so much, make old man cry. No, this guy's name was Cinnamon Stage One. Cinnamon, cinnamon Stage One is Suwerin <laughs> Klausowski, aka George name. Poland born Klausowski. Klasowski. Klasowski. <laughs> emigrated. Mike Klasowski. <laughs> he immigrated to the that UK. That name comes with a pickle. I know, right? <laughs> so he Polish. looks, he does not look friendly. <laughs> he does not look friendly either. Like his, he has one eye, a huge mustache. Dude, I want that mustache. Are you kidding me? He looks like his blood is just pastrami. Mm. Mm. He's super he, Polish. He, he smells like garlic. <laughs> he look a lot. Look, he looks like Rasputin. I don't see the yeah. problem with that. He looks like Rasputin and like some old Tommy, like the the dude that played uh, Val Kilmer's character in Tombstone. Mm. <laughs> I'll be your huckleberry. He that looks mustache. like that mustache is like two of Jimmy Neutron's mm-hmm. hair. <laughs> <laughs> that mustache got all the torque and power you need. <laughs> 
That mustache has got a fucking got sticker of cap. it. That mustache uh, a comes with a Hemi. That mustache has got a sticker of itself peeing mm-hmm. on a Ford symbol. Yeah. <laughs> that mustache has a pair of truck nuts. That's right. We love truckers. <laughs> All right. He later took on the name of Chapman somewhere around 1893 or 1894. Chapman was hanged in 1903 for poisoning three of his wives. Wait, sounds three like of them. Wait, 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 wait. Mm-hmm. He poisoned three of his wives. How, how many was he polygamous? No, like no. he would poison one, get married, oh. poison one, get married, poison one. Chapman, Seems like a lot of work. It is. But wait, wait. No, they, those wives ain't going to poison themselves. <laughs> Chapman <laughs> used a compound known as tartar emeritic, tartar emetic, <laughs> which he'd purchased from a chemist in Hastings. <laughs> you silly boy. Ooh, All Misa likes a tartar. <laughs> Misa. <laughs> you know, I like a little tartar on my sandwich. Whitefish. Whitefish. Mm, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yum. Whitefish sandwich. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tartar emetic poisoning results in a very painful death, similar mm. to that of arsenic poisoning. Yikes. Chapman worked as a barber in Whitechapel during the time of the Ripper murders, according to author H.L. Adam, who wrote a book in 1930 about the Chapman murders. Averline favored him above all other suspects. It was also noted that the Pall Mall Gazette. <laughs> that's so funny. The Paul, because Pall Malls are cigarettes. That's why it's funny. <laughs> uh, extra. <laughs> extra. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's either that or you get the Virginia Slim Times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So he, the author guy there, uh, reported that Aberlein continued to suspect Chapman after his convicted hanging. Many experts dismissed Chapman as a possible suspect due to the difference in his modus operandi, which is poisoning rather than butchering. Hmm. Here comes a big one. Aaron Kosminski. Kosminski was an insane Polish Jew who was admitted to Colney Hatch Lunatic Asylum in 1891, which would be after the murders. Kosminski immigrated to England in the 1880s and worked as a hairdresser in Whitechapel during the time of the Ripper murders in 1888. It wasn't until years after the murders that documents were discovered suggesting that a Kosminski was a police suspect. Hmm. At the time of the murders, police named a Kosminski as one of their suspects and described him as a Polish Jew in an insane asylum. Nearly a century had passed since the investigation before Aaron Kosminski was identified as the Kosminski. They only knew of the, the last name. The police had suspected at the time of the murders. The reason for Kosminski's inclusion in the investigation are unclear as there is little evidence to suggest that he was the Ripper. But it is possible that Kosminski was a victim of anti-Semitism or it was perhaps confused with another yeah. Polish Jew of the same, a man named Aaron Cohen who happened to be another institutionalized Polish Jew at Colony Hatch, but with very violent tendencies. Kosminski was mostly harmless while at the asylum, his illness taking the form of auditory hallucinations, paranoia of being fed by others, and a refusal to wash or bathe. Oh, imagine a stinky. So a stinky person who's like, don't feed me peas! <laughs> or whatever. I can get I mean, behind that. I hate peas. Really? I think they're good. I think they're good in like a, a shepherd's pie or like a pot pie. Tuna fish casserole. Oh yeah, I can't casserole. have tuna fish casserole without peas. Mm-hmm. 
They're mushy and disgusting. You know what I like is the peas that come with the little onions. Peas and pearl onions. See, he's got to have fresh peas. You're talking like frozen yeah, peas. Yeah, canned. Canned peas, like. Canned peas are just. Kind of no, taste just, like feet. You open them up, you take, you peel it back, and you throw them in the garbage. You <laughs> save yourself a step. Fresh peas. Delish. I, I mean, I've had. I'll, Snow I can, peas. I, I can tolerate, like, the fresh, but given the choice, I'll eat corn instead. I told the. Either dip. way, you're going to find it in your poop. Yeah, yeah, that's a fact. I told a dad joke today. You guys want to hear it? Real I quick? do. <clears throat> He's going to judge it. So, yep. <laughs> a scale of. Okay. So I was saying this to the this girl that I was. Da- I said this to this girl that I've been dating lately. Ring anyway. No, no, no. Let's not talk like that. <laughs> so basically, <laughs> I, I look, I found it online, so I can't take all the credit. But mm-hmm. I mean, her. So anyway, the joke goes as thus. I said, what is yellow and kills you when it hits you in the eye? Her response, pee with AIDS in it. (laughs) And I said, no, a school bus. (laughs) I I, I wanted to make sure I said that. (laughs) No, I would have said a pencil. (laughs) Seems logical to me. He with AIDS, so I like that. I know. Yeah. I left. I said, "She's I, a keeper." I, I, <laughs> you're that's in luck. Kind of, that's the kind of dark humor we appreciate yeah. here on conspiracy therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, she's passing the beer city media level, I guess. So Just don't bring her around here. You know how that goes. I know. Oh, boy. <laughs> so anyway, now Melville McNaughton named Kosminski as a suspect in his 1894 me- memorandum. Now that's the. Uh, the main investigator behind this whole thing, as did former chief inspector Donald Swanson in handwritten notes seen in the margin of his copy of assistant commissioner, Sir Robert Anderson's memoirs In McNaughton's memoir. He states that there is strong reason to believe Kosminski is the Ripper because he quote, had a great hatred of women with strong homicidal homicidal tendencies, unquote. In Anderson's 1910 memoirs, he claimed that the Ripper was a low-class Polish Jew to which Swanson added the name Kosminski in the margin of his copy. Swanson also noted that Kosminski had been watched by police at his brother's home in Whitechapel, was later taken with his hands tied behind his back to the workhouse, and later on to Colney Hatch Asylum, and that he died shortly thereafter. In 1987, author Martin Fido searched asylum records for any inmate Inmates named Kosminski. His search turned up only one, Aaron Kosminski. McNaughton's and Swanson's notes both bear descriptions of the suspect that are similar to those found in his records. However, Swanson's claim of Kosminski's death being shortly after his admittance differ from his file. Aaron Kosminski supposedly actually died in 1990. Next suspect. Michael Ostrog. McNaughton named him as a suspect, but researchers have failed to discover any record of violence or assault in Ostrog's criminal past. His most serious offense is being fraud and theft. Now, most serial killers have a tendency to be pickpockets early on. Really? Thievery. Hmm. Yeah. It's it's a kind of a thing that and like just being a terrible, terrible liar. Hmm. Um, Prison records discovered by... Author Philip Sugden showed that Ostrog had been jailed in France for petty offenses during the time of the Ripper murders. So 
In his memorandum of 1894, Sir Melvin McNaughton listed Michael Ostrong among his three prime suspects, describing him as such. Michael Ostrog, quote, is a Russian doctor. So there's one thing Hmm. you got to think of. And a convict who was subsequently detained in a lunatic asylum as a homicidal maniac. This man's antecedents were of the worst possible type and his whereabouts at the time of the murders could never be ascertained. Oh. Unquote. Mm. Ostrog was last known to be alive in 1904. Next guy, John Pizer. Pizer was arrested by police sergeant William Thick on September 10th, 1888 after the respective murders of Mary Ann Nichols and Annie Chapman, known as, quote, Leather apron, unquote. Pizer was a Polish Jew who worked as a bootmaker in Whitechapel and was believed by Thick to have committed a slew of minor assaults on prostitutes. Although the investigating inspector in the early days of the Whitechapel murders had stated that, quote, there is no evidence whatsoever against him, unquote, many locals suspect Pizer, a.k.a. Leather Apron, was the killer. <laughs> Pizer was later cleared of suspicion when it was realized that he had alibis for two of the murders. He'd been staying with relatives at the time of one of the canonical five murders and was talking with a constable while witnessing a raging fire on the London docks at the time of another murder. Having known Thick for years, Pizer claimed that he had been detained. April's drunk. Pizer claimed that he had been detained by police as a result of Thick's animosity towards him rather than any substantial evidence. Although he did did have prior conviction for a stabbing offense, there really wasn't any concrete evidence that would suggest Pizer was the Ripper. Being absolved from any suspicions of guilt, Pizer was able to obtain monetary compensation from at least one media source because they had pegged him as a murderer, Uh which is kind of nice to know that, you know, even back then they could try to get their name back and get the... Well, it seems like if you're Polish and Jewish... Mm-hmm. You were just a suspect for everything. Yeah, like I'm, I'm assuming, especially like in New York when the Irish came over, like the uh, the New York people were probably all like, "Damn, it I, was that leprechaun, that potato eater." <laughs> Why don't you go I back? Might give him an Arkansas accent, but yeah, they're on vacation. Yeah, y'all, you see us up in here and down New York City, New York City. I'm from the boroughs. <laughs> oh snap! Snap and do a slim jam. All right, so <laughs> Yeehaw! Welcome to New York City. Time to rustle up some cows and maybe we'll Time to check out that Empire State building. I never seen nothing greater. I heard it's taller than four horses stacked on top of each other. <laughs> I heard you can't even see over that. Whatever that means. I hope one day things higher than a giraffe on LSD. Interesting thing. New York City got started when Uncle Fester farted. New York City. I don't know where I was going. What? You guys ever heard that rhyme? Not about New York City, but the, <laughs> the Adams family started when Uncle Fester farted. What? I tried to flip it around. (laughs) I don't know where I went. Oh, God. 
Hey, man, it was me and Larry hanging out. <laughs> it's all good. Put this evil on me. All right. <laughs> I didn't say the next verse. It gets politically incorrect after that. <laughs> a lot of those kids sayings, yeah, dude. Yep. <laughs> mama, mama, have you heard? <laughs> Someone got hit by a flying dirt. All right. So there once was a man from Nantucket. Yeah. <laughs> N word, N word, N word, or whatever. It's like the first <laughs> F slur, F slur, F slur. Oh, my God. <sighs> Don't forget. Uh, what was it? Chinese, Japanese, dirty knees, look at these, and then you show them your boobs. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? What yeah. playground were you in? <laughs> <laughs> I guess a really hood one, because you had to like do that. Like, you had to do Chinese, oh. Japanese. Oh, shit, guys. Knees. April's coming. Chinese, <laughs> Japanese. Uh, April, show us your titties. <laughs> you get to ride the twisty slide. True fact, first boy that ever saw my boobs was Stephen Poehler. I showed him my boobs when I was eight years old. Cause we did the, we did the, I show you mine, you show me yours, like exploratory, like mm-hmm. what, wait, but wait, no, hold on. Wait, you don't have one of those? Oh, whoa, whoa, wait. I just see this kid, like his fucking, oh, it's <laughs> a religious experience. He, he went to Christian school. So like oh he was so, he, they, what did they call? They didn't even say the word poop. They, when, when they had to go poop, they called it an Aki. Oh my! Yeah, that's how Christian they were. They were so like poop was a bad word. Are like, you gonna um, make Satan's dust into the white porcelain <laughs> hole? Uh, excuse me, uh, I need to go Aki. <laughs> I imagine that he's, he's thirty-seven and saying that at a dinner. He's out there. He's the same age as me, and he's probably still like, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, fiance. Pop. I have to go party. make an Aki. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, one week, he gets switched to a public school and says that shit in a fucking science class. The kid next to him <laughs> smacks him and says, yeah. you're going to go take a hot shit, you dumb cunt. Welcome to the real yeah, world. Welcome to public school. Welcome did, to fucking public but, school. I'm sorry. Did he just say he's going to go take an hockey? Gone. <laughs> but yep. then again, but then again, in that public school, he could be like, I saw a pussy at eight. <laughs> yeah, right? That's when the teacher like <laughs> gets down on one knee and like bows. <laughs> I give thee the classroom, sir. He ain't calling it a pussy. He's calling it a front butt. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a tootie fruity. I saw a front butt. <laughs> she doesn't listen, so I can say. I had a friend who was also my wife, and she <laughs> used to call that area a front butt and it just completely yeah, that's where I heard it was from yeah. my wife what? I was like what <laughs> front butt I'm like I sure hope that's not a butt I, yeah, I, I stick I, what? I was like I stick oh, that's ruined a lot of the magic of it I went down that's that Catholic school upbringing yep for real that's Catholic school sex class right, right there <laughs> don't put the sneaky snake in the front butt and you see until after marriage the Lord shoves down his arm underneath your back and slides his finger up through your urethra. And slowly as thine penis becomes engorged with the Lord's love. We now read from the... Oh, I wish I had my reverb here. <laughs> slowly enter the crest of oh, Jesus' slumber check. cavern. Check. 
When he gets there, you see the apostles all lined up, all with their penises out and gorged. <laughs> As we read, oops. <laughs> it was all for the greater As we read from the book of John from the dorm next door. And thine shall slip thine hand under above thine the bra. bra. <laughs> For an uncomfortably long time. That's right. Two in thy pink and Two one in thy, thy stink. One in thy stink. <laughs> Make sure when you're making love to turn all the lights on and turn all the air off. Make love like a gentle spring breeze. Make sure when you come to lay flat. And thou shalt apologize and run for towels. You may hear the words crude but rude. You are thine a one pump chump. Thou shall owe you one. <laughs> next Thus time. says David from the <laughs> dorm room next door. It is okay. To come early. The Lord came early. And then he left. But then came back. Because he had forgotten his smokes. <laughs> it says Paul 1315. Chapter 6, verses 7 through 9. Thou shalt fingle fungle the boobs. And thus the Lord said, Panty raids shall inherit the earth. And he passed this chosen words down to Sturkinus Bingsparts who took this knowledge to the tree of Do not ring thy clit like a doorbell for it is too sensitive and Mary Magdalene had said unto him try to go for the silver and come in second for a change (laughs) (laughs) laughed Paul Nice guys finish last because they let their women finish first. Indeed. And that's excerpts from the Beer City Media Bible, New Testament. Things I won't be able to listen to at work. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you hook a speaker up? Yep. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right. Let's try to remember. You know what that is? It's button. Straight spot. My grandmother is rolling in her grave. Oof. Oof, oof, oof. I'm the one talking about Jesus sticking his finger in your penis. Yeah, Jesus was getting around in second base there, heading for third. He had to make sure, you know. I didn't know Jesus was into sounding. (laughs) Oh, no. Well, there's something else we can try there, Mrs. Shoot. Elder, Elder Josh at like 72. Yes, it's the night that we try sounding. But first, this rip beer float. Whatever is happening. (laughs) James Sadler was the last suspect to be included in the Whitechapel murders police file. Francis Coles, who was a friend of Sadler's, was killed on February 13, 1891 by, by way of a wound to the throat. Sadler was arrested as a suspect in the murder. But there was not enough evidence against him to pursue a conviction. Police had considered Sadler to be a possible suspect in the Ripper investigation. 
but he had an <laughs> alibi for the period during the earlier killings, having been at sea near the time of the previous Whitechapel murders. Sadler was released without charge. McNaughton connected Sadler with Cole's murder in his 1894 memorandum, having noted that Sadler was, quote, a man of ungovernable temper and entirely addicted to drink and the company of lower prostitutes, unquote. But they were, like we mentioned in the first episode, everybody was drunk drunk for the most part and having sex with wet ham. Which I, I didn't catch until I listened to the back. Well, that's <laughs> Paul Mall, chapter nine, verses thirteen through seventy-two. I like our. It's a very long Bible. One, no offense to anybody. I actually appreciate people that believe in that stuff, and I hope to one day. I'm, I'm in our Bible, not our Bible. <laughs> Do not. Francis Tumblety. <laughs> if that for God's like- sakes he was an acrobatist. No, actually, a bad one though. <laughs> he was an Irish American made. Uh, t- he was an Irish American who made a f- small fortune posing as an Indian herb doctor throughout the United States and Canada, and was largely perceived as a woman hating quack. So like like a, quack? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Indian. <laughs> oh, money, girls, shake your bonbon, baby. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm sorry. I'm th- whenever I think of like Indian, I always think of the guys that sell like cell phone accessories at the mall. Okay. True story. <laughs> My cousin is married to an Indian guy who came over on a fiance visa to marry my cousin, and he works at a cell phone kiosk in the mall. And also true story, his oh. top goal for life is to own a gas station. That's, I mean, <laughs> I, that checks out. Yep. Yep. Hate to say it. <laughs> oh, baby, you understand when I find myself a gas station. What is that accent, Ryan? I don't know what that was. <laughs> I'm not, I gotta is work. It, your I gotta hand work. said Italian. I, it's, it's the eye. I immediately see Italian in my head. I gotta work on my Indian accent. I think I got it started when I said money because because <laughs> I kind of like picture them mm-hmm. like at a strip club, also like shaking dollar rupees. Bills. Yeah, or rupees. <laughs> Josh is bad. I'm running this gas station now. No, there we go. <laughs> you Would you like regular or premium? You take that a poo route a bit. A yep. little yeah. bit. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> nice. I'll get it. Oh, boy. All right. So that's so he supposedly did not like women, mm-hmm. which who, who could not like women? I don't like women. Exactly. But, Paul claimed to possess a particular <laughs> hatred to prostitutes. He had. Claimed to Could be have been George for all I know. Claimed to have soured on women after Ringo. <laughs> earlier failed marriage to a prostitute. I mean, so he's an incel. Yeah. Wow. Married to a prostitute. Which usually in those instances, the person's trying to like pimp that prostitute out. Mm-hmm. Yo, then, dog. <laughs> like, hey. Pimp my wife. Yeah, pimp my <laughs> wife. <laughs> She's like she's got four wheel drive. Um, her back is uh, state of the art. You can fit a lot of dicks in this thing. Her, her mouth's got a brand new roof in it. 
You're going to really love the ceiling. The throat is deep. The rims are great. <laughs> I tell you what. The anus? Yeah. We've kept the, we've kept we'll the have car- to tighten that up a little bit. We've, we've kept the uh, front butt carpet clean for you. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, God. So he hosted an all-male dinner party in Washington, D.C., at which he displayed a collection of preserved female reproductive organs, Mm. proudly boasting that they had come from every class of woman. In 1865, he was arrested for complicity in the Abraham Lincoln assassination. See our past episode. Yeah. Wow. Mm. But was released without charge. While in England in 1888, Tum, Tum... Tumlady was arrested on November 7th on charges of gross indecency, uh, apparently for engaging in homosexuality, which was a criminal offense at the time. And that's bullshit. (laughs) Tumlady fled to France while on bail and awaiting his trial, then later went back to the U.S. Having been a notorious figure in the U.S. for his dubious self-promotion and prior criminal charges, his arrest in England reported him in connection with the Ripper murders. Hmm. American reports that Scotland Yard tried to extradite him were not confirmed by the British press of the London police, and the New York police said there is no proof of his complicity in the Whitechapel murders, and the crime for which he is under bond in London is not extraditable. In 1913, Tumlet, Tumlety was mentioned as a ripper suspect by Chief Inspector John Littlechild of the Metropolitan Police Service in a letter to journalist and author... George R. Sims' little child had suspected Tumlady due to his extreme misogyny and prior criminal charges. Hmm. Most experts today dismiss any connection between Tumlady and the Ripper murders because his appearance and age did not match any eyewitness descriptions. Now, we do remember the shabby, mm-hmm. dressed, and possibly a group of people with some of the sightings. Mm-hmm. Tumlady was also relatively tall for a man in his day and combined with his outrageous mustache. Love it. (laughs) If that Polish guy's mustache was an outrageous, I don't know. I mean, yeah, he would have been a rather conspicuous individual. Actually, I should show you guys his mustache real quick before we take our Okay, that helmet. Wow. I love it. That's amazing. Indian Irish. It's like he's got a snake on his lip. Or a turd. Yeah. <laughs> and with that, we're going to take a break. When we come back, more of the suspects. These these suspects are going to be the ones that are kind of like, mm, yeah, okay. It was Mickey Mouse, I swear. <laughs> we'll see you on the other side. Two British scientists are finally revealing the DNA evidence they say helped solve one of history's biggest crime mysteries, the identity of Jack the Ripper. Back in 1888, the notorious serial killer murdered and mutilated the bodies of five women in London. Vladimir Dudier of our streaming network, that's CBSN, shows us why an immigrant from Poland is now a leading suspect. Vlad, good morning to you. Good morning. The savagery of Jack the Ripper's crimes terrorized the residents of London. No one was even charged, although the police have had their suspicions. Now, more than a century later, modern technology may have finally unmasked the elusive killer. Few criminals have captivated the world's imagination like Jack the Ripper. Altogether a different breed of killer. This silk shawl is believed to be the last piece of physical evidence left from his killing spree more than 130 years ago. Two biochemists who analyzed it say they detected the DNA of Catherine Eddowes, 
Jack the Ripper's fourth victim in apparent bloodstains. They also found a semen stain they believe came from Aaron Kosminski, a 23-year-old Polish barber who at the time was a prime suspect. Researcher David Miller. I think the fact that there are two, two signatures which appear to match signatures from descendants increases the confidence that what we're looking at is something which is real. Miller and his co-author published their data for the first time in a scientific paper last week. They said the semen stain contained fragments of mitochondrial DNA, genetic material children inherit only from their mothers, that match Kosminski's living relatives. Author Russell Edwards, who hired the scientist to conduct the DNA test, originally disclosed the findings in his book, Naming Jack the Ripper. He spoke to Sunday morning in 2015. We've proved this. You know, all the story absolutely fits like a jigsaw puzzle. I think they come up with rather convincing evidence. Dr. Stanley Nelson, a UCLA professor of human genetics, says the DNA case against Kosminski is strong, but not completely ironclad. They're not identifying a unique person. Actually, it's about one in 50 to one in 100 individuals in modern England have this mitochondrial type. Kosminski died in an asylum in 1919. The British biochemists say their original aim was not to learn Jack the Ripper's true identity, but to see how far they could stretch modern scientific techniques to analyze minute DNA samples that were over 100 years old, Bianca. Once again, modern science solving age-old mysteries, right? Mm -hmm. Thanks, Vlad. Mustn't all despair, there's a secret you should know To capture the hearts of the fair You may not have the looks, you may not have the dash But you'll win yourself a girl If you've only got a mustache, a mustache, a mustache If you've only got a mustache You may be common folk without a hint of pride But you mean be a king This explains so much, Ryan. See, all you need is to grow a mustache. True. Josh, mustache, married. Larry, mustache, married. See, you just need a a Kosminski style handlebar mustache. A womb broom. The truth is, I don't. <laughs> a womb broom. <laughs> truth is, I don't really want to get married again. Fair enough. Don't blame you. But I appreciate my. F- I'm sure you don't In either. Which case, just grow only a mustache. Yeah, keep the ladies away. Unless you're Tom Selleck. Oh, oh yeah. God, he's so. Or hot. Dale Earnhardt. What's our greatest mustache celebrity of all time? Sports, anything. Tom Selleck. Mm, Burt Reynolds had a pretty, pretty good fucking one. amazing mustache. Adolf Hitler. <laughs> Oh, there's that mic drop. <laughs> hey, you don't forget it. That's very true. And no one has used it since. Although I thought I saw Michael, Michael Jordan, Jordan did for a split second while selling Hanes. <laughs> somebody came up behind him and was like, yeah. ah. <laughs> you need to remove nine. He's nine. a guest assist against yes. the Portland Trailblazers. I remember that game. <laughs> that was good. All right, oh, here's God. some of our wild suspects. So 
Let's talk a little bit more about H.H. Holmes, Henry Hankey, Howard Hughes Holmes. The Whitechapel murders are a lot of shit, and they could possibly deal with him being that he became famous for the murder castle in Chicago, which was a sprawling construction that served as a dual hotel and human slaughterhouse during the 1893 World's Fair. Holmes eventually... Sorry. The castle was a labyrinth of soundproof room, soundproof rooms, secret passageways, gas chambers, acid baths. See our episode. Mm-hmm. Charming and handsome as he was, Holmes would entice young women to the fair and later kill him. Holmes was eventually convicted and along with for the murder of Joseph Paisel. After his conviction, Holmes wrote a long confession. Now where does this even? I'm, I'm sorry. The article that I used You're for this reading was it. whitechapeljack.com. <laughs> and they do a really great breakdown, but I'm trying to see. So basically what they're, what they're saying is that there are some who point to evidence that Holmes was in London attempting to sell the bones during the fall of 1888. Mm, based on the great high, bone shortage of 18. <laughs> That's why I was stealing them. His high volume of kills and his possible jaunt to London during the season of the Ripper, some followers of the case deduce that Holmes could be Saucy Jack himself. <laughs> Saucy Jack just doesn't sound right. I don't know. It sounds like you put it on some chicken in Memphis. Yeah. <laughs> hey, y'all, uh, you got that Saucy Jack? May, or maybe I'm more Australian. <laughs> Good day. Hey, put the Saucy Jack <laughs> on the shrimp. <laughs> Goes great on Stingray. It sure does. Oh, I don't even want to try an accent. I'm just so bewildered by the fact I can't do an Indian accent. I thought for sure when I, I had the confidence there. And as soon as I hit the wall, like, yeah, it's like it I like, smashed into a wall. I'm mm-hmm. like, you, I don't even know what I'm you doing. Smashed into a wall of raw lasagna noodles. Pretty much. Okay. Next one. Joseph Barnett was a prime witness questioned by police after the grisly murder of Mary Jane Kelly. He and Kelly had been lovers. Mm. So. Another side to that. They do say that when it comes to suspects, 90% of the time, it's the boyfriend or the girlfriend Mm -hmm. or the husband or the wife. Looking at you, OJ. Mm Mm-hmm. He and Kelly have been lovers since April of 1887, but had recently separated after an argument about Xbox. They separated (laughs) after he ran out of money to pay for her services. Is that... Because wasn't she a prostitute mm-hmm. oh well, well let me let me get to that so Kelly's allowing other prostitutes to stay in the couple's apartment at night was the why they had an argument Barnett had recently taken up residence in Bishop's Gate after moving out of Miller's Court home where Kelly's mutilated body was found on November 9th 1888 Barnett worked as a fish porter out on the docks his license as a fish porter however was taken away in July of 18 he and Kelly had been living together, so basically he's like living off her fooling around. Kelly had been he and Kelly had been living together since they began seeing one another the year before, but were constantly struggling with money and moving from place to place. Even though Burnett had moved out of Miller's Court, the two were seen t- talking after the separation and appeared to be on good terms before Kelly's body was discovered. Ooh. After being interviewed for four hours by Detective Aberline himself, Burnett was ruled out as a suspect. Now, a prince, which they kind of hinted, uh, I don't want to spoil anything. Purple rain. <laughs> Purple rain. 
Prince Albert Victor, Duke of Clarence and Avondale. Prince Albert. Ooh. 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 Now, one recurring figure in favor of fictional accounts of the Whitechapel murders is Prince Albert Victor, the Duke of Clarence and Avondale. At least two major films, Murder by Decree and From Hell, center on the member of the this member of the royal family suspected role in the Whitechapel murders. Prince Albert, called Eddie by friends, was Queen Victoria's nephew and was considered slow as a child. He um, had tartar head. Uh. As a child and well into adulthood, during his life, Prince Albert Victor was peripherally involved in a number of scandals involving prostitution, including the Cleveland Street scandal, in which he was suspected to have been a client of an, at an all-male brothel. He was also blackmailed by a couple of different lower-class prostitutes in his lifetime and is suspected to have contra- contracted some low-grade venereal diseases. None of the scandals that arose during his lifetime, however, could rival... Should drink a glass of water, you've been fine. Would he would be accused of long after his death? The Duke of Clarence was. Hold on, not- hold on. I gotta ask a question. Prince Albert, would you or would you not? No. Uh no. Oh, my brother has one. Really? Mm-hmm. My older brother. What about you, dear? No, but I knew a guy that supposedly gave himself one. Mm, that's sanitary. And well, he he knew what he was doing. Put ice on it. <laughs> all right. Then all right, here we go. <laughs> the wild he said West it Prince <laughs> He told me it wasn't as bad as you would think. And it was now, because what that one just goes through like the 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 whole rim, right? Yeah, the rim what? of the hole comes out the hole, <gasps> which can create a sprinkler effect when you. Sprinkler effect. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I was just curious. That's not anything I would. Yeah, my older brother said the nipple piercings were way worse. Yeah. As a female, like if if hypothetically speaking, if I ever were to have sex with someone with a Prince Albert, I would be concerned that it would get lost. Oh, like up inside. <laughs> yeah. What if it, it caught he, something like, and said like your car keys came out, out with it? it. Like, oh no. <laughs> Look for those. Oh, that's be where magnetic. they went. It sounded like Jay Leno for a second. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, that's where they went. Oh, yeah. so I lost my car keys on Pippa's anus. I put one of those tiles on there and I could hear a beeping in a uterus. Yeah, thank God I got thank this God. for it. Tried to go down and I've been chin got in the way. <laughs> I could smell it, I'm but I could not Jay it. Leno. <laughs> I'm dirty Jay Leno. I was chin deep and puss. I took the Tonight Show <laughs> away from Conan. I'm a good guy. I've only good got guy. 455 Model Ts. And I'm paying <laughs> lots of Model Vs. <laughs> Fun. So Stephen Knight. Okay, we're talking about this Duke. He, <clears throat> the Duke of Clarence was not put forward as a public ripper, rip, ripper suspect until 1962 when author Philip Julian alluded to rumors about the Duke of Clarence in a biography of Prince Albert's father, Edward VII. One Ripper theory posited in an article by Dr. Thomas E.A. Stowell contends that Prince Albert himself carried out the rampage after contracting syphilis from a Whitechapel prostitute. Hmm. Stowell 
later denied that he made these ac- that accusation, but died of old age before he could be questioned further by the theory. One of the most famous theories, which appeared in Stephen Knight's Jack the Ripper, The Final Solution, is a conspiracy including multiple people to cover up the Duke of Clarence's illegitimate child. It's kind Duke- of a lady die. What's that? Like mm-hmm. a lady die type situation. Yeah. The Duke was supposed to have secretly wed a poor Catholic shop girl named Annie Crook and then sired a son. The plot to silence anyone aware of the child included Queen Victoria, Prime Minister Lord Salisbury, the Lord Lord of Stakes, Chief Stakes, Walter Sicker, and a number of Freemasons. This tale, future episode, by the way, this tale was first told by night by Joseph Sicker, son of painter Walter Sicker, who later admitted that the story was a fabrication. Most of the theories surrounding Prince Albert have been debunked due to documented evidence that he was not in London at the time of the murders and likely never suffered from syphilis. Truthfully, I don't want to do a two-hour episode. So what I'm going to do late. is I'm going to pick two more suspects, and you're going to get to the suspect. Okay. So Jesus thing. Christ, we this is the first one we could honestly do a three-parter. Mm-hmm. Like we're not, we're not doing a three-parter. Never do a three-parter. <laughs> so I'm going to skip to this now. The royal theory often puts Sir Albert Victor front and center. Some believe that Eddie was the one who tore through the Whitechapel streets. Eddie Van Victor? <laughs> seeking revenge against the women who gave him syphilis. And his but, brother Alex Van Victor? Right. <laughs> but others may others think that people of status only do their own dirty work in Shakespeare plays, and sometimes not even then. Uh, that doesn't make sense. But many others think that people of status only do their own dirty work in Shakespeare plays. Okay, certainly someone, Still didn't make sense. Someone, certainly someone else would be tasked with carrying out the bloody business for the prince or the queen. This is where our next suspect, Dr. William Gull, was a prestigious medical doctor who made many contributions to science. He was born in 1816, which made him make him old wow, shit, yeah. 1888. The youngest of eight children raised mostly by his mother after his father died. Coming from humble means, Dr. Gull worked his way through the ranks of medicine, his verified legacy is that he discovered two disorders that are diagnosed and treated to this day, anorexia nervosa and Gull-Sutton disease, a severe version of Bright's disease. Hmm. In 1871, Gull was appointed Queen Victoria's doctor after successfully treating the Prince of Wales for typhus. The proximity to power would put him in close quarters with people of status in a prime position to facilitate a royal cover-up. The theory alleges that his role in the royal conspiracy came directly through conversation with Queen Victoria. The theory goes that the canonical five Ripper victims colluded to blackmail the palace regarding the secret marriage of Prince Albert to commoner Annie Crook. Mm -hmm. So that circles back on that Prince character. Naturally, the who's going to believe like back then, who's going to believe prostitutes though? Mm -hmm. Right. Naturally, the royals would have none of it and were not above severe measures to suppress the plot. Known for a blunt attitude and terrible bedside manner, accusers surmised that Dr. Gould was all too happy to slip silently into the dark alleys of Whitechapel and take these colluders out one by one. While the entire entire royal theory has been dismissed by scholars, Gould's own life supplies an alibi. In 1887, the year previous to the Ripper murders, Gould suffered a stroke. He was still mobile, but did did occasionally fall into epileptic fits. As Jack was ripping his way through Whitechapel, Gull was 71 years old. And that man some orange juice. He gave up his practice and soon died in 1890 at the age of 73. Last Mm. 
suspect. And this, these, these ones actually, I want to say, come from. They come from the, the like the ripperologist, like the the their top suspects. Because mm-hmm. I've heard the Prince theory for a while. Mm-hmm. Now this last one is Sir John Williams. Loved his work in Jurassic Park. I'm he's amazing in Star Wars. <laughs> A blunt knife and a descendant's accusation brought Sir John Williams into the Ripper suspect canon in 2005. Quote, Uncle Jack, unquote, was written by Tony Williams, a self-described descendant of a doctor who served the court of Queen Victoria. See, all kinds of... T- when it gets to the conspiracy angle, it always, always, almost always seems to tie into, like, royalty or... Sells like books. Government. Yeah. It's well, Illuminati. That's right. And, you know, when we cover the Illuminati, we need our Illuminati. So it's true. Anyway, as well as the patrons of the Whitechapel Clinic, she, he served Queen Victoria as well as of the patrons of his Whitechapel Clinic. Williams posited that all five of the Ripper victims had been patrons of the obstetrician, Sir John Williams. They would have fallen prey to William's blade as he searched for experimental subjects in order to cure his wife's infertility. So his whole angle was like, my wife won't get baby in her belly. I'm going to find a cure by cutting out this uterus or fucking this prostitute up because she's part of the less dead. No one gives a shit about this wet ham in the alley. Well, actually, I want to make a, a quick thing. I'm almost done here. They, it's a, it was gaslight, but there wasn't hardly any in this area. Mm-hmm. This was the poor area, so it was it was pitch black wow. actually. Which sometimes when it's pitch black, it's good because it's you like get watching st- Game of Thrones. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, you get the stars out, and then that creates like this. Mm-hmm. It actually your eyes adjust. Better. Your eyes adjust, yeah. and you can like see everything. It's actually really pretty. It's like at why night. pirates wear the eye patch? Yeah. Indeed. Really? Yeah. They wear the eye patch when they um go are underneath where there's no light. Mm-hmm. So when they come back, they can switch the eye patch. So one eye is always adjusted to the Holy dark. Shit. So when they go back down, you switch and then now you can see. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Or like if you get really dizzy, that's a quick way to like calm your, your senses mm-hmm. is to shut one of your eyes and then just is that focus. how oh that explains a lot while you cover one eye while you're doing a podcast. <laughs> Like fucking, um, Chuck okay. Berry. So, Chuck Berry. This character, Sir John, was born in <laughs> Carmanshire, Wales, in 1840. In 1861, he studied medicine at University College Hospital, London. After earning multiple degrees and settling in Swansea, he married Mary Elizabeth Ann Hughes. They never had children. Hmm. His career as an obstetrician flourished in London where he was made a physician to the Royal Court in 1886. He loved literature and education, spending years teaching and eventually bequeathing a sizable amount of money and and thousands of books to libraries and colleges throughout England and Wales. (laughs) Author... He's bequeathing. (laughs) Author Tony Williams cites a few reasons for his speculation and subsequent theory. The biggest being the size of the doctor's surgical knife, which is stored at the National Library at Wales, to which Williams donated his library of 25,000 books upon his death. He claims this surgical knife, now old and blunt, to be the murder weapon because of its width 
its wit matched that of the victim's stab wounds. Sir John also recorded a Marianne Nichols. Crocodile Dundee was quoted as saying, yep, that's a knife. (laughs) Right. The thing is, is they would be able to take that knife and find DNA. A lot of it. True. Um, Unless he was smart and washed. Oh, that's where we don't serial kill. I would have forgotten to wash the knife. (laughs) Anyway, so Marion Nichols. Larry just dropped his wallet next to the (laughs) next to the body. Let the dog lick the knife. Yep. Now, he had recorded Marianne Nichols, whose name it's is that of the first of the canonical five Ripper victims, as having an abortion at his clinic. Hmm. And also wrote that he would be in the white in Whitechapel the 6th of September that fateful year. The evidence is semi-thin due to both the commonness of the name Marianne Nichols and the size and shape of the embattled knife. Also, Sir John and his wife never had children, and neither did his siblings, so Tony Williams claiming him as an ancestor is dubious. Mm. Despite his strong unlikelihood, Sir John Williams' story successfully inspires flights of imagination for those who are fascinated by the Gentleman Jack persona. Mm. And that's Mm. about all I have to cover when it comes to what we can in this first uh, well, not for a second episode of our Jack the River coverage. So, with that being said, I'm thirsty. Do we have any pop culture? It's time for the pop culture minute with Josh. Sonic Boom! <laughs> Sounds like Stranger Things music. There is entire websites dedicated just to the pop culture for this. I'm going to keep this brief. (laughs) So um, I'm actually going to be covering a lot of different um, avenues I don't normally go down. And first and foremost, I'm going to start off with musical theater. Um, I'm sure everybody, well, I know two of you for sure love this film, but um, the character of... Jack, Jack the Ripper was a huge influence on Stephen Sondheim's Sweeney Todd, the demon oh, barber of Fleet Street. It's so my favorite musical. Of oh, all time. mine too. Oh, it's so good. What were your thoughts on the? Uh, sorry, not to interrupt. You're fine. Johnny Depp version. Yay, I like nay, it thumbs better up, thumbs than down. the actual stage music. Really, I missed Angela Lansbury. I do like that though. But, but yeah, I, I agree. Loved, he did a very good job. I loved the movie. I actually think Johnny Depp's Rick Springer for the most he is, part. Too. Yeah. Um, a couple films. There's a hole in the world like a great black pit. And it's filled with people who are filled with shit and the vermin of the world inhabit it. Sorry. Go on. Hey, we're gonna, we're, You're we're, fine. We're musical folks. <laughs> and uh, there's there are so many films. Uh, Albert or Alfred Hitchcock. Wow, I'm tired. Uh, Hitchcock. Has, has <laughs> um, took a, a book series and made five movies out of it. Really? But um, the one of the most notable ones I saw was probably the 1988 Jack the Ripper starring Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Uh, oh, wow. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. In the movie Spinal Tap, this is Spinal Tap, it features a vignette <laughs> in which the band discusses the possibility of composing a rock opera about Jack the Ripper's life. It was going to be called Saucy Jack. <laughs> Now, um, 
I didn't realize because there's there are so many different TV shows that are about it. There was a a British television show in 2012 called Ripper Street. Mm. Uh, it's very good. Okay, so you've heard of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, well that's yeah. Vander Whitey, get off the stage. <laughs> there ain't no poles up there. <laughs> Put All your right. pants back together and play that damn bass drum. Blasted ass diarrhea pants. <laughs> Now, I know we've talked about Time Cop on here a couple times. Time know, Cop. But the first episode of the 7 show... 7.15 p.m. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Time Cop. <laughs> the The first episode uh, is about the Time Cop traveling back in 1888 to catch a criminal who has killed and displaced Jack the Ripper. Hmm. Now, uh, somewhere I don't go often in this uh, segment is the comics, world of comics, and it's no surprise... Uh, uh, there's a graphic novel called From Hell uh, I own it I love it it's about the Ripper and it's uh, by Alan Moore and Eddie Campbell Um, my favorite comic book writer of all time he wrote The Watchmen as well yep Mm. Now in nineteen, that was for me. Mm-hmm. In 1989, here's another one. I would be, I would be <laughs> shocked if you probably, if you never owned it. DC Comics released a, uh, a Victorian era version of Batman called Gotham by Gaslight, oh. in which he hunts down the Ripper in New York City. I was thinking of, I think it's like 1608 or fourteen. No, there's a there's a Neil Gaiman written alternate DC I think hmm. universe where it's, it takes place in like the 16th or 17th century sure I love I love that's why I'm I'm a superhero fan because of those graphic novels I got hmm. into it in like high school the interesting thing about this particular novel is that the villain is actually the former friend of Batman's parents who was driven insane oh, by the rejection of his mother oh. I'm gonna keep this brief like a little finger I would assume so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, cool. We've talked about Whitechapel, and that reminds me of the American Deathcore band Whitechapel, which oh, yeah. uh, their first record, "The Somatic Defilement," is a first-person narrative concept album based on Jack the Ripper. It's a real feel-good album, <laughs> <laughs> right? Now, this is this is going to be right up Larry's um, alley in two thousand. 11, an independent minor league baseball team in London, Ontario, announced that it would be known as the London Rippers with a logo featuring Jack Diamond, their mascot wearing a top hat and a black cape reminiscent of the appearance of Jack the Ripper. And uh, yeah, it drew a little bit of criticism. <laughs> yeah, the women, the local women's shelter did not take kindly to this. I get that. Mm. And then last and uh not least uh, in the world of games it's shown up a lot but the two most notable things that I thought uh, fans of Assassin's Creed Syndicate there is a DLC that is about Jack the Ripper it's about two and a half hours long you uh, you kind of go back and forth between playing as Jack and um, another character and you, you find out in there that Jack was actually an assassin and finally at this point, it's just comical. In the Metal Gear Solid series, <laughs> you find there's a uh, the character Raiden. Is his real name is Jack. He is also called Jack the Ripper, as when he was a child, he was a soldier on the battlefield. And he loved killing people. 
It was, wow. it was, it's really fucked up how it all happens, but very I, cool. I think moment. one day I'll play a Metal Gear game. Not today. <laughs> That's your pop culture. All righty then. It is time for us to be like, hey, internet, what the fuck? Yahoo, <laughs> Google, Yahoo. Hey, what's the answer? Give me the answers. Yahoo! Now, I can't remember (laughs) if this question was answered uh, by our dear host, um, but someone on Yahoo Answers posed the question, how did Jack the Ripper get the name? No, I didn't. Did we talk about that? No, no. Okay. That's a good one to bring up. Two episodes of Jack the Ripper. I, I can't remember. There's a anymore. lot to cover with him. Yeah. Um, the, voted the best answer by user Rockland80. Said it was self-proclaimed in a letter he supposedly wrote to Scotland Yard. It was subsequently titled the Dear Boss Letter. The Dear Boss Letter dated September 25, postmarked and received September 27, 1888 by the Central News News Agency was forwarded to Scotland Yard on September 29. The name Jack the Ripper was first used in this letter and gained worldwide notoriety after its publication. Most of the letters that followed copied the tone of this one. After the murders, police officials contended the letter had been a hoax by a local journalist. Yeah, I think I did bring up the idea of there, there being hoaxes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the possibility of that maybe the media was involved in creating a bigger narrative, mm-hmm. especially with the anti. They, now they did remove the Jewish graffiti, but um, there's images you can find or like recreations. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, user Jasmine answered: Jack the Ripper was never caught, so no one knows his true name. The name Jack the Ripper came from a letter apparently written in blood. So legend has. Uh, user David F wrote the ripper bit is obvious but jack was a name that was applied to another frightening character who appeared regularly throughout the victorian era springheel jack boing this bur- bizarre springheel josh yep this bizarre perhaps even paranormal figure created panic and mayhem at various times from 1837 onwards doing seemingly impossible things so the name of one frightening and mysterious character was applied to another i don't hmm. know if i'm buying that but okay yeah. it's interesting um, I don't, I, it's like, I can't believe they have a thing called ripperologists. Mm-hmm. Like there is literally so much obsession behind this, this case because they could never find out. I mean, let me ask you if you could find out who actually killed John Bonet or who the Jack the Ripper really was, what, what would you do? Just a side question. Like if I had to pick one or the other, yeah, probably Jaminet. I think that one too. Sure, I really don't give a shit who. The, <laughs> like, there's all those suspects. Well, I, because it's so far removed, it was it like is, hundreds of years ago that it, it doesn't seem. I feel like there's probably going to be one of these rare Ripperologists who mm-hmm. has to like listen to everything that's ever comes out about Jack the Ripper, and they're going to listen to this episode and be like, "These fucking motherfuckers! <laughs> they didn't bring up Ronald McDonald. He was that's around." Right. Uh, let's see. User Skipper D, nineteen seventy nine. Is that Fairy Phased Unit username? Apparently, 
uh, wrote, Jack the Ripper is the popular name given to a serial killer who killed a number of prostitutes in the East End of London 19, or in 1888. Uh, the killings took place within a mile area and involved the districts of Whitechapel, Spitalfields, Aldgate, and the city of London proper. He was also called the Whitechapel Murderer and Leather Apron. Right. So really, that doesn't answer anything. Thanks. Skipperty, 1979. You're worthless. All right. Uh, Welsh Chick wrote, I think it was because he ripped out his victim's organs, which is why one of the suspects was a surgeon. Makes most sense. Fair enough. Uh, an anonymous user wrote, because he liked to rip CDs onto his computer and then upload them <laughs> onto file sharing networks. What a, <laughs> what a vile criminal. Um, vile. This one. Oh, God. Okay. Um... User Paula wrote, I think it was a generic name given to the unknown, so to speak, like Tom, Dick, and Harry or Joe. Um, user SD3R wrote, he started his life of crime when he was indicted for tearing off mattress tags. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one, probably my favorite by uh, user Mr. Balloon Hands. I'm pretty sure Jack the Ripper got his nickname due, his, due to his excessive flatulence been said that Jack had poor digestion resulting from years and years of dyspepsia and an occasional bout of lactose intolerance. If Jack had eaten a meal short time prior to killing any of his victims, his rear end would be horrendous. I'll explain. <laughs> One story even claims, quote, whether it be the magical fruit, beans, or too much milk and cheese earlier that day, when Jack murdered Marianne, sounds were heard coming from the room he killed her in. We're not talking screaming sounds from Marianne as one would have expected, but rather great ripping sounds, much like someone ripping again and again and again. Thank you, Yahoo, for reminding us that uh, future comedic genius. Yeah, wrote right. That yes, one. you you know it was some like twelve year old boy, and then he fought it, <laughs> and then he flirted and he right in your face, he farted again. That's your pop culture. Was it though? Was it pop culture? Because I'm pretty sure it was not. Oh, shit. Yahoo answers. <laughs> it's getting late. All right. It's time for verdict. Oh, you know. One corner for podcasters you know and love and trust. With a preference for getting to the truth, goddammit. The other corner, a mysterious shadowed dude. We don't know who he is. We know. I think we know he's a dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jane the Ripper? Maybe. We have to figure out who did this shit. And I'm going to go to my man with no hair on his head, <laughs> Mr. Shoop. What do you think, Beard? Marilyn Manson. <laughs> really? <laughs> Nobody knows. It, you, there's too many people. There's too many... F- that it could be, I don't. It's, it's one traveling. of those that you really, really, you really can't pinpoint it to one specific person, and mm-hmm. any kind of DNA is, is, it's yeah, it's impossible to find it. So, I don't, I don't have an answer. Okay, April. My vote is for Jimmy Neutron Mustachio guy. I can't remember his name, but that guy. The the India. Yeah. Yep. The India guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're you're going with the. I like that because I did get a weird vibe mm-hmm. from that guy, especially just from looking at him. Yeah. Like, you're wearing weird clothes, mm-hmm. too. You shop at a weird store. Yeah, he does. You ride around on a big wheel bike. <laughs> a big, big giant wheel. He goes home and like licks the shoe shine out of the can for whatever reason. <laughs> My strange addiction, 1888. 
<laughs> yeah. Larry, what do you think? It's a group of feral Brits. <laughs> like zombies? No. Okay. Like wild feral Brits. Okay. It's a gang, like, I think. Like yeah. Homeless. Like West Enders. Oi, governor. Send me one of those prostitutes. Rip a uterus out. That sucks. That's interesting. I didn't even think of that. Mm-hmm. A, well, we we brought it up. Yeah. It's a theory. I like it. I yeah. like new theories. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say my gut is going with the Kuzminski guy. Yeah. He was the one that turned up in the DNA. And I think that maybe science in the future, science. the farther we get with that, we'll be able to sauce out the details and maybe mm-hmm. get to the bottom of things. So maybe it wasn't him. Maybe it was the prince. Maybe it was April's guy, the India guy. And maybe it was a gang. But I'm saying Kizminski and I'm the host of the show, which means I'm most important. That's <laughs> your verdict. <laughs> All right. That be that. That's been an episode. You don't want to do voicemail? No, I do. I would love to hear it. We have a fan who called in, and it's not from Comcast this time. (laughs) We checked. Promise. Or a deal on a car. (laughs) I don't know. This is your voicemail. Voicemails. Hey, guys. This is Charlie. And hardly just wanted to say, hey, love you guys. I don't know where I'd be without you every Monday to listen to your crazy antics. I love you all. Keep it up. Peace. Be safe. Aww. That's our boy, Charlie. Aww. Oh, my well, God. That was kind. Thank you, buddy. Yes, thank you so much. Yeah, we We're happy you. to be there for you every Monday. Yeah, we love you, man. For real. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hope you all enjoyed this episode. Mm-hmm. We appreciate you guys calling this voicemail and leaving a, leaving us a nice little message. We appreciate it. And that mm-hmm. number's up on our sites and all the other places that you can check, 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 check it out. 9375049504. That's the number. Nice. So just do a tap 10 second back or whatever if you forgot it. <laughs> anyway, that's been the episode. A two-parter, shut and done. Next is our April fan vote. So Mm -hmm. it'll be our May episode. Looks like Harp Machine won. Mm -hmm. Get to talk about crazy weather. Which would be fun. Crazy weather. You guys like weather? Yeah. We should stop fucking raining. I know. It just makes me tired. Like It's like nap weather. I do love naps, though. I know you do. (laughs) Larry loves sleep. Yep. So, on that note, I know I got to be to work in seven hours. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next week on another episode. Conspiracy therapy. I got a woman. She rules my house with an iron fist. She screams out, Jack the Ripper.
This has been a presentation of Beer City Media. 